0: Welcome to Steadfast Hope. I'm Stephen Lawson, president of One Passion Ministries. And four times a week, I teach through a portion of Scripture to encourage you in your Christian walk. Join me now for this brief devotion in God's Word. Well, thank you for joining us. You've tuned into Steadfast Hope. I'm Steve Lawson, as always joined by Kent Stainback, coming to you from Dallas, Texas, iconic Herb's House, and we've got a great study in store. So, I want you to take your Bible right now. John 15, verse 6. Title of this is, Unfruitful Branches. Now, this is going to be a little bit of a heavy for a devotion, but it's in the Bible, so you've got to hang with us on this, all right? John 15, verse 6. Here we go. Jesus in the upper room addressing His disciples after Judas has left says this, "'If anyone does not abide in Me, he is thrown away as a branch, and dries up. And they gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned.'" So, Kent, here's the question. Is it possible for someone to claim to be a Christian and not to abide in Christ? For someone to claim to be a Christian and there is no fruit— in their life? Is is that even possible? Well, Jesus addresses that head-on, and the reason He does so is to explain to the other eleven disciples Judas. Judas has now left the upper room to go and betray the Son of Man, and they are not going to be able to sort this out. So, Jesus now gives this verse. I want us to walk through it uh, step by step, He says, if anyone does not abide in me, and what that means is really does not have a a real relationship with me, uh, does not rest in me, and does not live his life trusting me and relying upon me, and does not remain in me. If anyone does not abide in me, Jesus says he's thrown away as a branch and dries up. That, that means that this supposed branch is dead and therefore worthless and does not uh, bear fruit. And so, Jesus says He's discarded and He's rejected because He's dried up He's shrivelled up, and here there is no spiritual life in him. There is no eternal life in him. So he's dead. And he says, they gather them, these, these dead branches, and they're gathered by servants of the vine dresser. In this case, I think with other passages, that would be the angels at the end of the age, gathering them and cast them into the fire. Well, that's not heaven. Uh, The fire here refers to the lake of fire uh, that burns with uh, brimstone. Uh, We would say hellfire. And it says they are burned, which really pictures they they are always perishing, but they never perish. It is just an eternal state of continually being burned and, and perishing, and yet they never go into extinction and they, are nev- they never perish. So, what are we to make of this person? Well, I think very clearly that we should make of this person that this is someone who professes Christ but does not possess Christ. And the evidence is very clear that there's no fruit. There's no evidence of, of having a right relationship with Christ. And so, is that even possible? It's interesting, in the next verse he says, my Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. If there's no fruit, uh, there's no proof that, that you're a disciple. So, I think this is real cause for everyone watching this to really examine your life and behind your profession of faith in Christ is there the evidence of a changed and transformed life where there is the fruit of likeness being produced in your life, uh, the fruit of answered prayer, uh, the fruit of effective ministry? Uh, all of that is necessary to be seen in the life of a true believer. I think of Matthew 7 verse 21, Jesus said, "'Not everyone who says to Me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven,' but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And so, it's not just saying that you're a Christian. There needs to be the evidence in your life that you really are a Christian. So, Kent, this is a, a heavy verse, but it's a it's a verse that we need uh, because churches are filled with people who are members of the church or attending church, but they've never really abided in Christ in the sense of having a personal relationship with Christ. So, let's talk about this.
1: Steve, this, is, this really is the bottom line of the bottom line, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I mean, this is… <laughs> this is the
0: acid test.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess my first question would be, as, as our viewers are thinking about this, would this be a person that is just doing whatever they want, or is this a person more that's looking like… They're going to church, they're involved in Bible studies. What person, or, or is it someone that says never professed Christ and doesn't go to church? Mm-hmm. Uh, or do you think both? What's he talking about? Yeah,
0: I, I think it, it can be both. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I think in this context, because Judas has just left the upper room, that's someone who was with the other disciples for those three years, traveled with them, was involved in ministry. Judas was so respected, he was the treasurer. Of, of their ministry, uh, kept up with the money. Um, if the other disciples had said any one of them was really saved, they might have said Judas uh, because he was so circumspect. Um, however, he was the one who did not know yeah. the Lord. Wow. Wow. So I, I think the, the, the focus here is upon someone who's involved in Christian activity, mm-hmm. involved in Christian ministry, who's involved in Bible study. But it, that seed has never germinated inside of them, and they've never been born again mm-hmm. w- with a new life from above. So that's a great question. So, so follow up. yeah, as we
1: go to church and we meet our friends and we're we go and we are in studies together, and we and we uh, really are involved in church. All you're saying then, All these people, whether they're in our family or in church, actually some
0: may not be born
1: again, and we need to be aware of that. Is that... that...
0: Absolutely. In fact, I think it's more than just some. Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus said in Matthew 7, on the broad path are the many, Mm -hmm. on the narrow path are the few, and the broad path with the many, those are the ones that are saying, Lord, Lord, did we Mm -hmm. not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, perform many wondrous works, so, it's far more than what we can imagine, which is very sobering, and it just tells us you can have uh, an inoculation of religion, wow. Wow. but it keeps you from getting the real thing. Sure, sure. A little knowledge can, can really, if it's not applied, can, can keep you from coming to Christ.
1: We have time for two more questions. Which we
0: do, because they're coming from you, Kent. All
1: right, all right. All right, one more question then, Steve. If uh-huh. that's the case and God says there is, there are people, the wheat among the, or tares among the wheat, and they're hard to distinguish, but we know when we go to church or when we go to Bible study or in which of the Christian fellowship, some may not be, what is our responsibility? What should we be thinking? Yeah. And what should we do knowing yeah.
0: that this is wow. the case? That is a great question. I think it's going to depend on the relationship you have with that person, just how frank you can be or how gentle you need to be. Um, and it could even be a family member. Mm-hmm. It could be a child. Um, it could be an in-law. And uh, those those are difficult because they're so close to home. Um, I, I think you just try to get the ball rolling in a, in a conversation uh, about what it is to be a Christian and really the necessary evidence of the new birth. So just
1: keep talking about just it. Just
0: keep talking and keep trying to direct the conversation to where you can talk about, tell me, when, when did you come to know Christ? Uh, tell me how your life has changed mm-hmm. since you've come to know Christ. Mm-hmm. What what thrills your heart right now? Mm. And in 1 John, there's about seven or eight evidences of the new birth. Mm-hmm. If somehow you could get onto to that discussion, that, that would be very helpful. Uh, with other people, you may not know them as well, but you know them enough to realize we're just on a totally different wavelength. Yeah. And I don't think you really understand what it is to be a Christian um, you may have to do some bridge-building mm-hmm. in that relationship. And, and I think being winsome and gracious and, and loving helps build that bridge to them. So we're not wanting to put them off, we're actually wanting to draw them in and allow ourselves to have some entrance into their sphere of influence. So um, only God can open those doors also of opportunity. I think we need to be sensitive not to force, force that. Usually it's someone will have opportunity for Mm -hmm. Mm follow-up. So, Kent, thank you uh, for that that question. I just want to thank you for joining us for Steadfast Hope. This has been a, a very important devotion for us today, and I just pray that God will give you the assurance of your salvation if you're truly saved, and that assurance can only come from God Himself. And if you lack that assurance of salvation, it may be because uh, you, you don't have that salvation. And so I would urge you to, to spend time with the Lord and call upon Him uh, to show you where you stand with Him. Well, God bless you. I look forward to our next opportunity for us to have Steadfast Hope. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Steadfast Hope. If this was helpful to your Christian walk, please leave us a review wherever you listen to this show, and if you want to connect on social media, I can be found at Dr. Stephen J. Lawson or at One Passion Ministries. Thank you for listening, and I hope you will join me again for the next episode of Steadfast Hope.